we had some good players, but we weren't we we weren't that good. So at the end of that year, we're sitting there, we're playing Idaho State, and I'm on the bus texting my wife. I was like, I can't believe we just lost this game. They were they didn't even win. They haven't won a, whole, a game all season except for us. Then I get a text message, meet at the 50 yard line, and that's when we found out. Hey, everybody just got let go, including you. Ouch. Everybody, everybody who was on that staff. So it was kind of like, whoo! I, I learned young that don't matter how how good of a coach you are, it doesn't matter. Hello, everyone. It's Jordan Boxer, your host of Leaders in Sport, a podcast brought to you by Designs for Sport, which is an industry-leading supplement company with all NSF for Sport supplements and education gear to help elevate the industry and support fit pros. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Leaders in Sport. My name is Jordan Boxer, and I'm your host. And I we have another special occurrence today. We have three of us. Normally, there's only two of us in a room. We're met with our own sport nutrition specialist, Ryan Darrow. Thank you. And the head strength conditioning coach for Colorado University cricket. <laughs> Basketball. <laughs> cricket. <laughs> Basketball, Stephen Englehart. Thank you for coming on today. Yeah. That's not an insult to anyone who's a cricket coach. I probably shouldn't have said that. But No, you probably said it because the – dude from ireland and england was in there early. yeah you i know you had the uk invasion at your school at your team yeah man we've been doing a um about five six years now we we we've been dealing with uh a university in england mm. and uh they have a strength and conditioning uh program so they send them about two two interns a year in the summer for us and we teach them about how what we do here in the United States, what we do here at the University of Colorado for men's basketball, and it, it has paid off for them. As we showed them how to, how to, you know, what kind of sports science we use, how we train. You're but trading all the secrets from here down to England. That's hey, I mean, if they can get the the athletes like us, go ahead, man, go ahead. <laughs> Does England have a good basketball program? Um, I really don't know. I don't know any British basketball. Are there like Giannis is the Greek guy? There's a lot from like. Yeah, from, from, yeah, I mean, you got Serbia, yeah, right? you yeah, got it, Greece. Ger we got Germany with Tristan da Silva on our team right Croatia. now. Croatia. Yep. Uh, I, you know what? Y'all made me turn my phone off. I can't Google it. No, we're not. <laughs> I know. The thing I like most about podcasting, actually, is it's forcing us to be present for like 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. And you realize how rare that is. Very rare. Um, so welcome. So yeah, you're a, uh, like, you're you're not young. Thanks. You're a veteran strength coach. <laughs> it's going great to right? Hey, man. Hey, You're go on this podcast and get bashed. Yeah, it's because what you just put us through at the gym. We just got done working yeah, out with he, Steve in his gym, and he put us through the ringer. Yeah, we did. You want to explain to to everyone what you did for us? Yeah, so I thought they were going to come in today at 1130 with me to do EDT. So when they came in, we had short short amount of time, so we had this new protocol this new equipment called e-gym and it's deceptively hard yes and basically we well what we did with jordan and ryan we kind of put them through the ringer they didn't know it was almost like a weight releaser program so eccentrically it overloads by over 100 pounds and what the program i put them on there's different programs and i put them on that program so what we did was we did four sets of that and their last set we did uh body toning which is 25 uh reps and we kind of we shocked them up pretty good, and then we did a seven-minute EDT because we didn't have enough time. Usually we do 15 minutes, and, yeah, they, they were gassed. We didn't let them we rest gassed. one second. We just kept going and going and going for the 35 minutes we had, and uh, I thought it was, I mean, no, that I was thought y'all had a great pump, man. Yeah, no, I, thank you for putting us on the toning program. I don't know what message you were sending, but. No, I was um, just sending, like, I know it's hard, so I was <laughs> like, I'm just going to make it, I'm just going to kill their chest right now. Yeah. Um, I feel good. I feel good. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, but no, no problem, in, all, in all seriousness, you've been in the strength and conditioning world for quite a decent amount of time. Uh, I think you've mostly worked in basketball. You also have worked in other sports. Yep. I worked in, you know, football, uh, uh, men's and women's basketball, men's and women's tennis, baseball, softball. I mean, in the beginning, when, when you start out, uh, especially, uh, you know, 15, 20 years ago, they didn't have a strength coach for particular teams, right? It was one or two strength coaches for the whole department. So I started out at uh, Kurt Hester's place at uh, called HS2 Athletics, right? And uh, from there, 
uh, I went to the new University of Hawaii. So at the University of Hawaii, uh, you go there and there's one strength coach for Olympic, one strength coach for football. So they bring in two GAs back then, and then you were actually helping every every team. Is that a, is that a serious school for sports, Hawaii? Oh, man, when we were there, oh, we went to the Sugar Bowl, played against uh, Georgia that year. It was unbelievable. Okay, so this is something I've always wondered Beat about Hawaii. Georgia that year, right? No, not Georgia. Crushed us. <laughs> it's okay. You went to the Sugar Bowl. So in Hawaii, this is something I've always been interested in. You guys obviously travel out a lot. Yes. What was that jet lag like? Like, how often were you on a plane? For I, I would tell you this. Uh, I never got to travel with football, right? But for football, they, they left a day or two early, right? Uh, and sometimes they had to stay on the road for long periods of time, right? Uh, for men's basketball, I went on a couple trips. And holy smoke. Because you're six hours from the closest yes. place, right? Did and you have a private jet? No. No. What did you guys fly? Uh, so, like sometimes Southwest when, oh, we, when we landed into uh, LA when if we had to take another flight but usually it was either Delta, United Business or class. American no, no <laughs> I was next to two seven footers I was the shortest dude on staff so I was squished to next to two seven footers <laughs> oh man that see that's a part of the job I don't think people you know people who are listening or strength coaches they understand but this like intense amount of travel and I feel like that's it's it on steroids when you're in Hawaii where you're oh. isolated it was bad. And and uh, everybody's like, hey, did you get to train? And I was like, yeah, I just brought a whole bunch of bands because I didn't know where we were staying. It's not like, you know, where we could spend a whole bunch of money, stay at the best hotels. So sometimes we didn't have a gym. So we had to go train in the parking lot, train, you know, at, uh, you know, train in someone's room. Usually it was my room, right? And all we had was bands. And I think you could get the job done, but the biggest thing in in season and travel is how can we eliminate the inflammation in that body, right? Especially after a practice, you usually leave and you're on that flight for so long. It's like, how can we get blood flow in the legs? How can we get them to be recovered, to be able to play these games? So actually, this is a part I wanted to touch with you because you know the last few podcasts we've been doing, they've been very business heavy, Mm -hmm. like entrepreneurial focused. Um, but I want to get back to like, I, I nerd out on the training stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot that you could probably teach from the angle of like, I'm a high level strength coach, part of a program to even our personal trainer, uh, listeners who train gen pop CEO types. Like, how do you combat the damage of travel? Like I travel a ton and I find it like, I'll push myself and go to the gym. I have my regular spots that I try to eat good food, but it's a difficult thing to do when you're on the road it is uh because you want to number one you want to get the adequate sleep and you want to get and you need to stay hydrated those are the first two things like people are like you know how do you eliminate inflammation i'm like well the number one recovery tool is sleep and you need to get sleep right but when you're on a plane and you have seven footers trying to sleep on a plane good luck that's that's hard for them right anybody six you know six five they're like me yeah, like us, like 6'5", right? <laughs> so their legs are so long and they're like bent up and they're trying to sleep. They could wake up with a crick in their neck. Their knees are aching. So it's so when you get off that plane, you want to make sure like, hey, let's get some blood flow in those legs, right? So there's a, a lot of different things we do. We, we travel with Normatec. We travel with uh, bands. We travel with red light therapy. But the one thing I found that works the best is just blood pooling. As soon as you get to your room, we we put our bags down. We go downstairs. We put our legs up against the wall. Get the blood pooling. Let it pool down. When the toes start tingling, we get up, walk around, do the same thing. Do it for about five or six times, and you know feel feel good. And then yeah. try to get some sleep. When I um, first got into the industry, like actually the naturopathic side, there was this conference I went to with this guy Robert Abel, Doctor Robert Abel, and he spoke about the the effect on your cardiovascular system from the up and down all the time. And he actually recommended that you use baby aspirin, which to me was like a stretch because like I don't like taking a lot of mm-hmm. uh, you know medications. And he was like, no, because you you want your heart to be like the blood to be flowing, and when you're up and down and up and down, and with athletes, it's like that is such a part of. And you guys, as the support staff, is like that's your life. Like, how many flights do you take in a year? A lot. <laughs> do you get miles? Uh, I mean, yeah, if we fly United, but with Colorado, we usually charter. So you have your own jet? Yeah, well, it's not our own jet, but I think it's the university's jet. How did that feel when you went from a team like Hawaii, who you didn't have a charter, to getting a charter and not having to deal with that stress? Uh, charters are 
you get spoiled because you're like, oh, I got to wait in line. <laughs> <laughs> I just took this flight, JSX. Yeah. And I guess it's the closest thing to a charter. That's where we fly out of. <clears throat> okay, yeah. So yeah. I, I, it was the same price as flying coach. I don't even want to tell everybody on this podcast because I don't want the prices to go up. But it was like, you walk in, you're like, please get there 20 minutes before your flight. You, you go onto the plane and you're done. There's no like done. craziness or... No lines. No lines. It was really no nice. Lines. It's really nice. Yeah. yeah. So um, getting back to sort of your journey. So you were with Hawaii and then where did you... I went to uh, Portland State University as the head uh, football strength coach under Jerry Glanville. He was the head football coach there. Um, that, that that taught me a lot. I was young. I was really I was just out of Hawaii and then straight to being the head uh, guy for football for Jerry Glanville. And I didn't even look at their their wins and losses for the previous two years. So were they a good team? No. No, we had some good players, but we won't we. We weren't that good. So at the end of that year, we're sitting there, we're playing Idaho State, and I'm on the bus texting my wife. I was like, I can't believe we just lost this game. They were, they didn't even win. They haven't won a game all season except for us. Then I get a text message, meet at the 50-yard line, and that's when we found out, hey, everybody just got let go. Including you. Ouch. Everybody. <laughs> everybody who was on that staff. So it was kind of like, whew, I, I learned young that don't matter how how good of a coach you are it's doesn't matter right this is a part of the business or part of the you guys have a very from the outside coming in you, you don't know so like when i first started interacting with a lot of strength coaches part of teams like i was close with preston green mm -hmm. that was my only exposure and he had sort of a unique situation like he was somewhere for 10 years but what you just said is like such a common thing where you could do everything right in your job you know, you're performing your craft at 100%, but something, it's a, it's sports, stuff happens. And so how do you, um, to let's say the more, you know, fresh coaches who are listening or just coming into this business, maybe some people have been around for like three to five years. How do you mentally prepare yourself for that part of being a strength coach? I think right now, like especially going into football, uh, you know, it's it's not, you know, if, it's when. Right, because everybody, every head coach is going to bring their own guys in, and I think if you do your job and you can show the university or the, you know, whoever, the GMs of the professional world, um, especially at the university, uh, I talk about that. I've been at a university, Colorado, for twelve years. If and if you can show them your worth <clears throat> for other sports and other teams, and just be a really good person. I mean, if you're at this level, I hope to God you know the human body. I hope to God you know about biomechanics. And I hope to God you know about training, right, individuals. But if if you can buy into other sport programs, I think that's what's going to show you your worth, right? Uh, when I was here, so after Portland State, I went uh, to SMU with June Jones, Again, he was the head coach. Oh, at, I love Lower Greenville. <laughs> uh, he was the head uh, uh, football coach at Hawaii, and then he went to SMU. So I, I left Portland State, went to SMU. And then from SMU, I was there for about a year and a half. And I'll never forget, my twin brother calls me and he's like, hey, uh, Colorado is looking for you know, an assistant, my, you know, the guy that's left here to take the head job. And I was like, ah, I'm happy at SMU. So you were a head coach for football? At Portland State, yep. At Portland State, then SMU? I was the head assistant. Head assistant, yep. okay. Under Mel Delara. And then I was like, hey, you know what? I'll check it out. You know, my brother said he's a good dude, Malcolm, and he was a great dude, great boss too. And I flew in and I saw Colorado, and I'm like, my wife is going to love this place. And I haven't left More than since. Dallas? <laughs> yes. And it, listen, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like when you see the mountains, when you see the it foothills. It is true. Uh, it, is, yeah. it is beautiful. And uh, I, you know, got here and I was like, wow, this is beautiful. Colorado has been my home for 12 years and hopefully I can retire here. So, so I liked what you said though, about like being a giving person and getting to know the rest of the staff. Cause the one thing that I've seen with a lot of strength coaches, there is this underlying, you said it's not if or when, and that's always like living on them. Where do I set up my roots? Do I buy a house? Do I not buy a house? Um, you know, I got a two year contract. What's going to happen the year after that. Yeah. So I guess your advice to them, just to summarize what you're saying, is just do like, your job. do your job. And do it 100% and don't worry about what happens. Just do your job. Because 
after SMU, like I said, I came here two years. John Embry was the head football coach. I was doing football, women's soccer, ski, uh, women's golf, uh, helping out and doing fo- writing the programs for football. And all of a sudden, they got let go for two years. And I'm like, man, this happened again. And I'll never forget the uh, assistant AD at the time brought me in. And I'm like thinking in my head, let's just get this over with. Man, this sucks. And then all of a sudden he's like, hey, Steve, uh, we're going to keep you. What? I was like, for real? He's like, yeah, what you did with the other sports, they love you. So we're going to keep you. And uh, that's when I found out, man, if you just treat people, you know, really good, other teams really good, and just love these athletes, it's going to – I'm not saying it's going to happen to everybody, but hopefully they see your worth, and that's why I'm still here at the University of Colorado. I mean, shoot, my twin brother's been through three head football coaches in the NFL. So, I mean, he's doing something right. Yeah, let's talk about that. I haven't heard that. Are there any other twin strength coaches? I don't think so. Me and my twin brother asked about that the other day. He's like, hey, man, are we the only twins? And I'm like, well, as far as I know, yeah. I feel like you guys could market that somehow. Uh, we probably could. Yeah. Thanks for. <laughs> is he ever? Is he ever like, hey man, I'm not feeling good today. Just come in and take the shift. <laughs> we, we were joking. He said, man, listen, how about you come do the bench press at the NFL Combine, and I go to Vegas and uh, at the Pac-12 tournament. I said, no, <laughs> no, I'm not gonna go to Indy. <laughs> would Would you be able to like trick people? Like, are you guys that identical? We did a couple times. Uh, he was a woman. I won't forget. We're in L.A. And we had field passes, and uh, my little brother was like, hey, think you can get on the field? I was like, I know I can get on the field. They think I'm Chad right now. <laughs> so one of the players was like, Chad, get over here and stretch me. What are you doing? And I was like, all right. So the uh, <laughs> security right there was like, I walk in, I was like, I got to go get him. They're like, all right, Chad, let's go get him today. I said, you got it. And then I, <laughs> I would never forget it was this little. Uh, did, you trip, did you trip them out after when uh, you told he them? W- they were like, Steve. So I'm walking, I'm on the field. I'm about 10 yards on the field. And this little, uh, athletic trainer, I think he was an intern for him, was like, if you're if you're Chad, who's that? And he points to Chad. I was like, come on, man, <laughs> yeah. you hater. And uh, so the, the security was like, Bro, for real? And I was like, my bad. I get off. And like, uh, they're like, come on, man. And I was like, I'm sorry. It won't happen again. Never did it again over there. But it was funny there. It was just like, oh, man, y'all look too much alike. Because the dude was really getting mad because Chad wasn't stretching him. But he didn't see Chad on the other end of the field. And I was like, oh, I could have stretched him. He would have just thought it was, you know. You were just trying to help out. Just That's trying to so help funny. out. And then my brother went to, we played uh, Georgetown in the uh, NCAA tournament in uh, Indianapolis the year of COVID. So my brother comes and uh, he's, you know, he's buying a beverage. And this lady's, you know, one of the mom's sons plays f- for us, right? And she's like, Steve, aren't you supposed to be warming up the team? He's like, oh, they're good. <laughs> she's like, we, we made the tournament. It's the first game. You need to be warming them up. He's like, ah, oh, they're good. They don't need me. She was like, yes, they do. And Chad's like, I'm just joking. Steve's down there warming them up right now. <laughs> um, so how, like, what got both of you to want to get into, I'm sure you've been asked this before, but that's such a strange thing. Like, you don't hear many brothers in the same space, let alone twin brothers. I think it was just like growing up uh, being, you know, twins, highly competitive, played you know, almost every sport, basketball was our sport. You look at us, you're like, hell no. I'm like, yes, it was. Right. Like, Ryan, apparently too. And Ryan's at like over five foot eight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you sit there and I'm like, mom and dad, what was, why didn't you, I should have kept playing baseball, but then I don't know if I would still be here. Right. So, uh, were you good at baseball? Oh yeah. I mean, of course. Look at him. He's a natural athlete. <laughs> natural Are you a natural athlete? athlete? Natural athlete. I don't know, man. You doubted me on those free throws. I in did your gym. Da- Well, because I just smoked your chest and I was like, there's no way he's going to get it to the rim. Natural athlete. <laughs> natural athlete. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, we were just always so highly competitive. Kurt Hester got us in. And um, when Kurt was training athletes, uh, I was like, you get paid for this? And he's like, yeah. I was like, you get paid to, to coach? He's like, yeah, so I was like, I want to do this. So uh, he he was fortunate. Uh, I was fortunate for him to say intern for me, and we we worked for him. And uh, when you know we we learned hard work from my mom and dad. I mean, my dad was a welder. I seen that dude get up every morning. I mean, not seen him, but I smelt the coffee every day at two thirty in the morning mm-hmm. because he had to drive. And uh, and I was like, this dude's a grinder. And I was like, this can't be that hard, right? And I mean. You, you find something that you fall in love with and it's not even like a job, you know? Yeah, I taught, yeah, that's something that 
it we it keeps coming up on this podcast like mission based business versus like profit based business yeah. or like are you doing something because you love it or you just need the paycheck and yeah. you get there's this idea of you stress and distress so like they're both stresses on the body but when you're in you stress in a positive mood it gives you this like extra fuel because I don't think you could be a strength coach just for a paycheck with no. your guys hours and travel schedule and you got it. you got to love it and your significant other has to support you 100%. Okay, so uh, two-prong question. The significant other uh, sort of triggered this question, but you seem to live and, by the looking at you, live and breathe the lifestyle that you're also coaching. And I'm not saying coaches don't do this on average, but I've seen a lot of coaches who don't appear to put that as a priority. So how do you make time and space that like you're still taking care of you and don't get dragged into all the demands of all the players, the coaches, the everyone who works for you. Like, what do you do to put to buffer in that space for you? I wake up super early. <laughs> Bottom line, two thirty. Oh, not two thirty. Like my pops, man. He was he was welding. Uh, I wake up probably uh, in the fall. We start practice around seven a.m. I wake up about four a.m. I get to the gym around five. I'm ready to go at five. I work out till about six thirty. Uh, 6.15, and the guys start trickling in around 6.20, 6.30 for a good warm-up in the weight room, stretch, whatever, and then we go to the court, warm them up, and then they're ready to go. Do you ever, like, show them up when you're lifting, your players? Sometimes, if they're yeah. talking noise. Yeah. But, so you, like, you stay dedicated with that year in, year out. I have. Um, You keep your diet on point. I mean... Yeah, I mean, it's not like what it used to be. You know, with three kids, if they still have chicken nuggets on the plate, I'm going to crush it, all right? I'm going to crush those chicken nuggets. <laughs> yeah, okay. And um, the second part of the question, because it's something else that interests me, and, in, you know, how do you manage the personal life with this type of career, especially for the people who are just getting in? <clears throat> you know, you you have to have a, like, my wife supports me, 1,000%. If you don't, pr like, if you bring your work home, it's never going to work. It's like, I don't bring my computer home. I do not bring it home. And sometimes I am on my phone with texting, but it's, it's, it's my wife understands it, but I don't, I do not try and bring my work home. I try and say, Hey, this is family time. Uh, you know, try and get like on the weekends. If I'm good, if the guys want to train on the weekends, I mean, we out by 8 AM, 8 30 tops. And then, so I can spend time with my, with, my son, my two daughters, and my wife at the swimming pool in the summer or going paddleboarding or whatever we're doing, hiking. And I think it's just like you got to prioritize it because in this season of basketball, it's it's a long grinding season, right? And if you're winning, you're not in, you know, if you're winning tournaments, you're not coming home as you keep playing, right? <clears throat> right. So it's like... Because you uh, guys make the tournament every year and... Close to it. I mean, we've been off for two years right now, but I think, uh, you know, uh, we're getting back we're getting back to Colorado mm -hmm. standards. And I'm, I'm be honest, the like Coach Boyle, he's a he's a family man, so he makes it easier for for us, right? If like he knows family time is important, but he also knows basketball is important. So in the off season, preseason, you know, he he knows, hey man, you know, you got to have family time because when basketball starts, sometimes we we won't get out till late, right? And you know, and being doing this for a while, my wife understands that, and she's a trooper. You know, Alan actually said something interesting when we had him on where mm -hmm. he's like, if you're going to bring work to home, you better be able to bring home to work. Oh, I bring my kids in all the time. <clears throat> they must have your gym is the coolest gym. You do win. Okay. <laughs> I know you're just saying that, but you got the lights up and everything, the boxing bags, the, the I love those basketballs. We got, I mean, uh, you know, first of all, Rick George, Coach Boyle, I mean, they made it happen. They, you know, I told them I had a vision. And, you know, they're the ones that got the money for it. And I'm, I'm glad that uh, uh, they saw my vision as well. And the head sports uh, uh, AD of sports performance, Miguel Ruda, he, he, we talk a lot. And he's like, where's your vision going? And I told him, I don't want to be the best in the Pac-12. I want to have the best weight room in the country. In order to do that, you know, we're going to have to have some, uh, some standards, right? And if we get the equipment I need, then we can put it, then we can show the worth of what it's doing, right? So it's not like we're just taking all this cool new uh, exercise equipment, you know, whatever it is, and not doing anything with it. We actually use the data. But before anybody thinks, hey, you, you, you can have all this cool sports science, 
don't get it twisted. We do. It's hard work, right? It is very like our guys work hard and we demand them to work hard. Right. And I think, uh, I think that's where it goes. And when you mix the sports science with working hard, that's when you can get, Hey, a better athlete, because now you know how to, what, what is their asymmetry differences? What is their dysfunction of their body? Right. Where are they weak points? Where are they strong points? What do we have to work on in the off season? So if you don't have those numbers, if you don't have those KPIs, then I don't know what you're doing. Like, why do you have all this stuff? Why do you think it's so rare in the collegiate space I don't know if it's rare in the in the pro space to have these KPIs and these numbers and this data, because it's not that no one does it, but it's it doesn't seem to be. I've been in a lot of weight rooms. I haven't seen all the type of technology that you've had. For, first things first, I know we we want guys to come here, players to come here, and know they're gonna go and they want to play at the next level. And we try and do it, what. And our biggest thing is development, right? And if you come in and we see a, a difference of, you know, of a hamstring, a, a groin, uh, hips, and we can see a different asymmetry, we can help you out because everybody's going to have different programs, right? I'm not saying it's going to be drastic different programs, but if, if you're having an asymmetry in the hamstring over 15%, we got to address it, right? If you're landing 78% more in your right leg, we got to address it. We have to address that because if you don't address it, I'm not saying if, I'm saying when they're going to get injured, right? That's a lot of impact on the right leg if they're landing on it by 78%. So we use, that's why we use the data and how we use it. I think that's what separates us, separates University of Colorado. We have a great sports scientist, Adam Ringler. Uh, he's also direct uh, women's basketball and volleyball strength coach, but we just hired a new young lady named Tessa Mendoza. She's top notch. I'm, I'm talking about, she's probably one of the best in the country for sports science and it's unbelievable what she has done and how she makes it so simple and how I need to read it and how we can explain it to the players. So she's done a hell of a job and I think it's just putting a staff together that understands it and works well together, but most importantly are just great people. How, how do you keep looking? How do you find this talent? Like what's your process to going out and finding these missing pieces of the team for the performance team to put together sort of the winning support staff so you guys can go win on the court. Good. I thought you were talking about players. I was like, that's Coach Roan, Coach Boyle, Coach Greer, and, Rick, and Coach Ray. That has nothing to do with me. They they bring, they show me, hey, Steve, we do recruiting, and then we can you go from there. But they, they're bringing in the players for the talent. Uh, as for the staff. Yeah, the supports. The, yeah, it's, yeah. You know, a lot of people are like, you know, me and Adam are totally different. He's so, like, totally different. Me and Tessa, totally different. I don't want to hire minions, right, to just say yes all the time. I, I want to hire people that are great at certain things. Like Adam is great at uh, athlete management system. He's great at sports science, right? Uh, Tessa is great at coding and putting everything together to make it really simple for the strength coaches to understand as well as the players. Francis Stevenson for our, uh, that runs Dow Ward for the Olympic side for us. She, she runs a weight room and she runs it perfect. Like she is very type A personality and to the, to the point. And then we have Skylar over there, which helps her out with sports science. So I think what you want to do, what you want to try and do is hire people that are smarter than you. Don't have an ego. Don't think you're the smartest person in the world. Because that if you think you're the smartest person in the world, I'm going to tell you, you're not. You, you're the, probably the dumbest because you're not. You, and I know people are laughing at that. But the reason I say you're the dumbest is because you don't know what other people know. Well, so I you, think there's a difference between being smartest in the room and wisest in the room. Yeah. So I think they might be smart in some ways, but they're being unwise by not... Okay, unwise. Uh, I like that. So maybe you're just unwise. But <laughs> I look at it and I'm like, I'm like, just like to me, it was like, I know I wasn't good at, at sports science. I knew I didn't understand it fully. Like the, like the force plate, fine. But everything else that went into, went into it, I didn't understand how to put it in, how to code it, any of that. So I was like, man, I need somebody to help me. Adam Ringler helped me a ton. Right. He was unbelievable in helping. So when you put a staff together, you want to put a staff together that is great at certain things. Right. And what are, what good are the, at other things. What are the soft skills you're looking for? I think, you know, when you hire a certain position, you're looking for the hard skills. But to me, it sounds like you're you're looking for certain 
unteachables that are just part of their personality? Yeah. So, like, number one, are you a, are you a really good person? Are, are you are you trustworthy? Do you not lie? Do you just not? Are you trying to read my brain? Like, and oh, I wonder what Steve's thinking. That's what I want to say. I don't want people like it, that. Wouldn't that be exhausting? It is very exhausting, right? I'm like, I don't don't I. I want to know your real opinion. You know what you should do? Put them through EDT and then they can't think about it so you can see who they really are. Adam Adam went through EDT before. He went through it a couple times. He's he, uh, Tessa has never been... I think Tessa has been through it can once. Can you explain actually... Okay, hold on. Let's Soft skills and then tell people what EDT actually is because I don't know if everyone knows. But So soft skills. So uh, trustworthy, don't lie, good person. Yeah. Uh, willingness to learn, I assume. Willingness to learn and willingness to share and willingness to understand people don't learn like them not everybody learns the same right and it's like okay maybe you can read it and understand it can you draw it up on the board and what you're talking about because right now i have no idea what you're talking about and it's not it's not getting them to, and I, I don't like some people have a defense mechanism it's like what do you mean you don't understand it and i'm like i just don't understand it yeah but you know people don't have the courage to say i don't understand it and then they just go along with it drop your ego fellas drop your ego because i, I tell you right now if i don't know it I will find the answer, but I promise you, I'll, if I don't know the answer, but that's a good question. I would get the answer for you, right? And I, I just think uh, at the end of the day, it's like, hey, man, drop your ego. And what's the best for these athletes, right? What are the best for the athletes? If I had a whole bunch of motivators on staff, would we be having all those uh, sports science equipment in there? Probably not. We just be motivating people all day. Like I'm, be, I'm dead serious right now. But, you seem very motivating. So uh, I mean, that's one of that's one of my qualities, right? I, I like, and I know that, right? And and I know where it's not. So that's why I try and get better and and learn because a lot of people are like, oh, I don't need to know that. I, I want to know that. I don't understand it, right? So help me understand it. And that's where Adam and Tessa, they came in and man, especially Adam Ringler, helped me tenfold. Like unbelievable. How? Um when did you start realizing you had to work on your leadership skills versus the hard skills of like program design, training, nutrition, all that stuff? Like where, where in your career did you start to focus on that? Uh, Tommy Heffernan, University of Hawaii taught me a lot about leadership and uh, how to tell people when you're wrong and how to tell people when you're right and how to tell people why you're right. Not just, I'm right, leave me alone. It's why you were right, right? And I think with Tommy, it was, you watched him and you watched him lead a room, you watched him lead a strength and conditioning facility, but you also watched him lead a family as well as the people that, the athletes that always came back to see him and you're like, that's a leader. I think that's crucial not to shut people down by saying I'm right. Cause then I think only resentment builds. Yeah, After I mean, a while. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like if I'm right, I'm going to yeah. explain it to you. Like if there's a right and wrong answer, not this is not your opinion, right? This is if there's a right or wrong answer, right? And like I'm athletic. <laughs> yeah, right? and then you could have somebody that, like, man, I can I can dunk 12 foot. I don't know if you're athletic, right? And then you have somebody like, yeah, he's very athletic. That can't run, you know, 10 yards, right? Yeah, so exactly. it's that that would be an opinion. Yeah, so yeah, so sure. now it's like, you know, in the strength conditioning world, it's I you know, with and I saw it from Tommy, it's like, hey, this is why we need to do this and this is this is why I know I'm right. And I was like, dang, that was I like how he did that. He didn't say, Be quiet, I'm right, leave me alone, go. Right. He explained it to the the athlete and the sport coach, which I thought was really cool. And I think that's a big misstep from leaders, more than just discouragement, but you're gonna have a far more motivated team around you if they're bought into what you're doing. Hundred percent. Like Ryan challenges me on a minutely basis. Which, and he's right some of the time. You're welcome. Yeah. No, but it, it causes this, we're, we're so committed. Like we take our, our mission so seriously that when we're fighting each other, it's not because one of us wants to one up the other one. We both passionately care and the best sort of diamond will get created. Pressure creates diamonds a hundred percent. And I think when you put us, like when you have a staff, you want to get their opinions and you want to know why, right? Especially when Adam came in and I'm like, hey, why are you doing this? And he was unbelievable, like Steve, look how simple this is. And he starts drawing it up on the board because he knew I, I was a visual learner. And he's like, this is it. And I'm like, that's it? He's like, yep. 
He's like, what were you thinking? I said, I don't know. And I pull up the picture of Einstein with all the little squares and the numbers. I was like, that's what I was thinking about. And he starts laughing. He's like, this is how simple it is. And I'm like, I'm thinking about this way too hard. He's like, yeah, you got to go back to the basics and then we can dive into it deeper and deeper and deeper. And that's what, you know, that's what Adam taught me. And I think it was, it was great. So you've been, sorry, how long have you, have you been in collegiate sport? 12 years? No, I've been in Colorado for 12 years. 12 years, right. Okay. So yeah. in total. Uh, started in 05 or 06 at Hawaii. Okay. So almost 20 years. Yep. But you still have this desire to keep learning and building your knowledge and your craft. Yep. Did you ever hit a point in your career where you're like, you know what? I'm a veteran. I've been doing this long enough. I don't need to learn anymore. Or was it always? Nope. I think once you think you know everything, you're done in this field. There's, There's stuff changing in this field daily right in the strength conditioning field if it's recovery if it's you know anything in the weight room strength wise power wise endurance wise you're always trying to learn to help these young young men and women in this field is my as as my job i think it's it's number one lead these young men in the weight room and make them believe and most importantly know what we're doing is going to benefit them on the court right and i think when when you put it all together that's what you want in that team to believe in you, to trust in you, to run through a brick wall for you, to know what you're saying and explaining it to them the why of everything we're doing. And I think that's what that's what you want in, in this field, especially in the team. And I think if you have great leadership, and don't get me wrong, I'm wrong sometimes, and the guys call me out on it, right? And a good leader would say, I'm wrong, and laugh about it, maybe joke around about it, about how, how I was wrong, right? And uh, And you can't have this ego that you write all the time because if you do that they they're you are distant them mm. and you do not want to do that it feels good to take responsibility for things right and just let go and put it behind you and and move on and put your boots on and and, and keep trucking forward and you know I, I don't know about some of the younger strength coaches that are listening in I hope they're taking notes because you got a lot of nuggets, man. And I've always appreciated being around you, spending time with you. You definitely have a, a magnetic personality. And, you know, when, when I think of guys like you that have been in the position over a decade and some of these others out there that have been in there over a decade, I think of like Eric Hernandez at UNC and, you know, Dan Rickby at Tulane. Those guys have been in there a long time. And some of these younger coaches do think they need to be a yes man. And that's not really what creates longevity right it sounds like you're saying you got to find real balance how did you my question to you is is like you have a certain that charisma about you and you're confident in what you do but I'm sure you weren't like that 20 years ago maybe you were maybe you came out of the womb like that how do you how do you teach these young strength coaches to really develop their mindset and their charisma and get out of the 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 fear of the industry you know, I've been doing this for a while, and most of the in the interns I see now that are coming in, the young strength coaches, they want to be the head dude so quickly, right? They want to climb up that ladder so fast. The only problem is you you then forget what to do. As as the head guy, as the, as the director, you then forget, is the muscle milk stock? Is the floors clean? Is it disinfected? Are the pedals disinfected on the bike? So if someone scrapes their leg, they won't get MRSA. There's a lot of things you got to worry about, right? It's just not the training program. That is the easy part. The hard part is the 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 stock and where to stock it. All the all the supplements that you get, right? All the new new equipment you get. How how to put it out? How to bring it back in, right? Where do where does where does the old equipment go? How can we get money for it? That's what that's what they you don't understand. Yeah, I think the, you know, and and that's what I well, that's what I see right now. Like I want to uh, I want to be an intern, and then I want to be a head guy. I'm like, wait, what? Like, you know, Ben Prentice talks about this a lot. Like, the you need hours on the floor. Yes, and you can't be a good head coach if you haven't experienced all parts of that journey because. You know, I've spoken about him a bit on this podcast, but there's a friend of mine, his name's Andre Norman, and I bring this story up often, but he was in prison for manslaughter, I think, was in prison for years, solitary confinement. He got out and he's made it his mission. He goes into prisons, he stops violence now. And I'm like, how do you do it? And he's like, well, when I sit across from these guys 
I speak their language. So they listen to me. So when you're a head strength coach and you have somebody new coming in and you're explaining them how to disinfect the pedals or stock the muscle milk, AKA beef protein from designs for sport yep. or hydrolyze, hydrolyze whey from designs for sport or amino acids, you know, complex from design for sport or workout. Do you want me to keep I, I, going? I wish I didn't get all those. Yeah. Myostim, myostim. Myostim. Yeah. Well, <laughs> unfortunately on. we can't get GG NSF for sport certified. I apologize. That's okay. So, um, but any of these amazing designs for sport products that they want to mm -hmm. stock or like power pack. So, but because you had to go through that whole journey, it's easier to get people bought in because it's like, I've done what you've done yes. and I can show you a path to turn my decade of knowledge into like, you know, let's condense my decade of experience into a couple of weeks for you so you can learn and, and, you know, take them along with this journey with you. But if you skip any of those steps, there's something inside of the person who realizes you haven't been where I've been and you can't associate the same way. If you skip those steps, I feel like it's almost like going from, you know, hey, I graduated and I'm in business and I'm going to go take over a company and the CEO. Right. And like you take over a company and you you missed a lot going in and climb climbing that ladder to being the CEO. Right. And then you're missing out on how 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 do how did I do the beginning? Like, how did I file those papers? Uh, how did I, how was I supposed to do this? And then that's when it probably crumbles, right? Because but, you don't know. And it's even the same, let's say in the training world, like if you don't understand how to split squat and do Jefferson curls and, you know, single arm shoulder press, how are you going to graduate to like squats and deadlifts? And you need to sort of, everything's basically a fractal of everything. And yes, you know, a line that I've been trying to live with recently because especially my brain is un is fortunately and unfortunately like a ferrari so it's really fast but can derail sometimes um slow down to speed up like take the step back because if somebody becomes obsessive with that journey you're talking about they're going to have such better dividends in the future than if they rush to get that head coaching job and then crash and burn and try to regroup versus let's learn all the aspects where i can yeah, and and don't get me wrong. Like I don't I don't want anybody to crash and burn in the in the strength and conditioning. Mm -hmm. Like if you make it, I'm not hating on you. Uh, like I'm, I'm I want everybody to make money in this field because I think we deserve it in this field or what we do on a daily basis for these athletes and coaches. But I think the biggest thing is if you're if you're skipping steps, then there's something that's going to happen into that weight room that's going to crash, and then you're going to have to figure out what it was. Right? What? Where did? Where did? Where did it go, right? Mm -hmm. Where did I misplace this? And it, it could not, it, it might not be the, it might not be the programming. It could be as little as, like I said, disinfecting, right? Uh, Y'all laugh at that. No, that's I, one it, of the it, biggest But I'm things. sure that's happened to you, the fact that you brought it up. I've I never, up a lot. I never would have thought of that. Oh, you know, I've seen this a lot, man. I've seen guys work at like a big program for a year as an assistant, and then they carry that name with them and they get a head job somewhere else and they don't realize what they don't know the coach was doing for them. And then they're just all messed. And they usually call the, the head coach that hired them in the first place and said, hey, I need some help. And that's where I think the, it, which which what I would do if I, you know, go from an assistant and then go straight to head, right? I was calling Tommy when I was at Portland daily, like, hey, man, huh, I know you taught me how to do this paperwork, but what, how would I do it like this? Where would I put it, right? And then he was like, go talk to this person in, 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 uh, in, 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 in athletics that runs the financial department, and she'll help you. I didn't even know that, right? So he helped me a ton. Right? Which is why you never burn a bridge. Oh, because no, you, especially in this space, like what I, what really tripped me out as an outsider is that first final four we went to and we had like a little, I don't think you were, were you? Yeah, he was there. Yeah, you were at our dinner, right? At the, that uh, was at Tulane. And then oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he didn't yeah. come to the, the, the dinner. He was probably busy with family and oh. stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, because you're from there. Yep. Right. So it was like Allen, you know, Houston and then Jonas with North Carolina. And it was like all Butler was there and like LSU. And I'm like, all oh, these guys are getting along because from the outside, you think like we're competitors. We're not going to be friends. We're not going to speak to each other. Like they can't know the secrets, <laughs> but it's such a, you know, the Jersey switches. It's a, it's a tight knit community. Yeah. These and coaches. you burn a bridge and you don't sort of maintain good relationships. It can really harm you, especially in the space you're in. Um, where if you just left your previous, you know, head coach and you're like, whatever, screw you, I'm gone. 
you can't make that call, but keeping that good relationship. Yeah, I think, you know, especially bas- like basketball, I've been in a while, and I just think the community of the strength coaches in basketball are, are we're pretty tight-knit, and we, we talk a lot. We talk about different training, different recovery, uh, because at the end of the day, we all want everybody to – we want our guys that we talk to and, and you know, catch up, with, educate each other, and learn from each other. We want them to win, right? Mm-hmm. And I think uh, – you know, and they want us to win, and I think at the end of the day, it's it's we're helping each other, and if if we can help each other, that's great. And I think at the end of the day, it's like, hey, you know, some some teams are going to have better players, okay? You you some teams have better players, <laughs> right? And it's like the players are going to win the games, right? You don't see a coach dribbling out there. You don't see a strength coach saying, let's squat to see who wins the overtime, right? You, the players are going to win the games. So, and, 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 to, and to me, I never want to see a player go down on any team, right? Mm-hmm. I want to see them stay healthy as, you know, and, and get to their dream uh, level of playing basketball, right? So I think it's like we're helping each other, but we, in turn, we're helping these athletes. We're helping these men and women in basketball actually stay healthy and and we just learn from each other, right? And I think that's uh, that's what I like about the basketball but see, community. I, I think that only happens when you're tied back to like mission versus profit-based. When you're tied to a mission, it will allow the mission to grow more Mm -hmm. than just your own. Because if you were like selfish with your knowledge and I'm not going to talk to anyone, it's me. I want Colorado, you know, we're going to take it. I want all those guys to get injured, blah, 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 blah. You're not, yeah, you want to win, but it's like you disregard the rest of that bigger mission. I just think that's bad karma too, man. Bad karma. Bad karma. I'm a big believer in bad karma. Yeah, we see it. Look, in the supplement space, like it's so easy for me to go in and try to rip every other supplement, right? And you can rip anyone. You can rip. You, it's, this to me is one of the most frustrating things. It's so easy to come into a program or a business and just rip it all apart. Oh, 100%. Right? But instead, it's like one of the philosophies I always had as a sales rep even, and I still remember there was this one guy we brought in, Ricky Brari, he's a friend of mine, to talk about um, dysbiosis. He was in uh, functional medicine Cairo. He's like, hey, I know I'm lecturing for DFH, but I use this and this skew from Zymogen. And is it okay I say it? I'm like, is that the truth? You use those two? He's like, yeah. I'm like, then say it. Because like in the long run, I I think we make some of the best supplements in the world. There's going to be other better supplements that some brands do one-offs or or whatever. But you're you're going to trust me a lot more if I'm like, you know what? Actually use that over this. Yeah. But hey, we got these four that we think are the best. You're right. I would trust you if you said, hey, I like that product. But you should keep taking that, but these products over here, this is where right. I would take these. So yeah, of course. But I'll. it's the same energy with you guys where you're like, if you're trying to help each other out and you're spotting where people are winning, the rising tide sort of lifts all ships idea. And it was it was special for me to see that when we were at that event because I was like, oh, everyone's getting along. It doesn't matter what their shirt says. It they're doesn't. not trying. They're like sharing secrets and sharing tips. And it yeah, was. And, but let's not get it twisted. If I'm if if right if we're <laughs> if we're playing Houston and Alan Bishop is on the other end, I want to beat him. <laughs> Do you like sending pizza at the middle of the night? <laughs> yeah. Hey, tell your team to eat the Domino's. <laughs> <laughs> so, but at the end of the day, it's like you know we we want everybody to be be educated and the more we know and the more we grow and the more we learn the better it is for our athletes the mm-hmm. better it is for these student athletes and i think that's what that's the that's what we actually want right i think that's that's the big thing or you can like you said just rip everything apart oh that, that doesn't squat like this this that is this you could do that you could do that all day long but sometimes like look at the positive if most people just stop looking at the negative and look at the positive of of the way these people were lifting right look at the positive what 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 can benefit of doing that lift or doing that exercise or doing that program instead of just bashing the hell out of it. I think if you do it like that, just stay positive. The negativity is like a cancer cell that will attack everyone. But I never think, good to call someone's baby ugly. Never. No, but I think what you're seeing, and it took me to this advanced age of 36 to figure it out. Those people are that critical of themselves nonstop. So you're just seeing their own internal voice come out. So like someone like you, I could tell most likely is a happy, like joyful, grateful, humble person. Because like when you express yourself on the outside, that's no, I'm being serious. No, no, I I think I know you're blushing right now. I I know you're right. Except for in the end season, sometimes I kind of, you know, there's going to, if any of my players listening to this, they'll be like, 
Steve-O in season is different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're in a season. Unhinged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can come in unhinged. Sometimes. I had someone tell me to write a book, and they were like, you need to call it unhinged. That's who I am. And I'm like, I don't think I'm that unhinged, but maybe. Um, but no, I wanted to thank you for coming on. Uh, you know, before we end every episode, I like to pick like three golden nuggets that we got. Um, I think the first one was have a mission bigger than making, you know, it's not just about money being a strength coach, like have something, care a lot about your players, be a good person in your community. Um, I think the second one would be a, for being a forever student. hundred percent. Always trying to learn. Yeah. And what would you say is the third thing? I would, I think the third thing, all of this would be habits of like, and yeah. what I mean habits would be, you know, your habits are going to make you or you're going to make your habits. And what I mean by that is like family time, right? Like if you make it a habit to to have family time, then you don't bring work home, right? And vice versa. Like if I want to bring my family to see the guys, they're going to come to, to work with me, right? And vice versa. They know it's work time for dad when I'm in season, right? I think that's where either you make your habits or your habits make you. That's huge for me. And that's huge for everything in this field I do. Like I always want to, I want to try and be the best. And obviously that's why I met y'all to try and, uh, you know, get our guys on the power packs and, uh, and the amino acids y'all have are great. And I think at the end of the day, it's like what and the beef protein and the beef protein and what? the neurocomplex. <laughs> I'll just rhyme them all off. At, at the end of the day, you just want, you, you want these guys to know you love and care about them. Yeah. And, you know, sort of layering on that lesson, even though we are running out of time, it's not necessarily the time you spend with someone. It's how present you are. 100%. So I think you would agree, like if you go home and you're spending an hour of like really present time with your wife and kids, that's more impactful than three hours sitting on the couch, you on your laptop, you on your phone. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of half responding. And it's. That's so bad. But, it, but so many of us do it because it's yes. like we're 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 wired almost now to think like I can't step away from this because of X, Y, Z. I wonder if I'm going to miss a message or who likes my post. You know, I, I went through this. I last can't stand that because I'm like, I don't care who likes my post. I'm going to take this phone. I'm throwing it in the bucket. And so, the only time I'm going to yeah. answer it, if it's Coach Boyle or one of the assistant coaches or one of my players. Right. And I'm going to be honest, my players. If you make family time important and they know it's your family time, they, they won't. It call you and unless it's very important i am telling you been doing this for a while if you make it important to the players and show them how important it is to you it's it's going to be there great message okay um where can people find you if they want to find you uh do you want to be found uh email do you want to give your email out here i don't uh, know email s-t-e-p-h-e-n dot englehart e-n-g-l-e-h-a-r-t at colorado dot edu or it is snc underscore twin power for my instagram <laughs> is that you and your brother is that you and your brother everybody's like strength condition i'm like chad and steve oh my dude can you can we please blow up your brand i think you guys would have such a cool story brand um ryan don't give out your number like you do every time if people want to find you i don't even know ryan darrow at designsforsport.com okay perfect and i'm jordan your host again if you do want to find me i don't know why you would uh, my Instagram's born, B-O-R-N underscore ah uh, underscore boxer, B-O-K-S-E-R. So thank you all for listening. Thank you, Steve and Ryan, for coming on. And I look forward to meeting you guys on the next episode, the listeners, not you two. But <laughs> <laughs> thanks, everyone. Thank you again for joining us in Leaders in Sport. I'm your host, Jordan Boxer, and we just want to thank you from everyone at Designs for Sport for giving us your time and attention. We hope to continue to bring you episodes that will help pique your interest and help you elevate your career so we can elevate the industry. Thank you. <laughs>